Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Miller and Condon on a football Friday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Trent Condon, Ken Miller with you, talking football for the next couple of hours as we take you right up until noon on a busy, busy Friday. BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. An NFL segment to start things off. We like to... Uh, chronicle the regionals when possible, and uh, we'll do so. Maybe the best NFL game on the slate remaining. Boy, last night was good. Uh, the uh, Packers and the Colts, a couple of teams, uh, both with uh, pretty good records, and they will collide in Indianapolis, and Dave Sinekin will help us with that. Oh, coming up here in about 15 minutes. Tom Kaker's going to join us toward the bottom of the hour. We'll preview the Penn State-Iowa game. Penn State, hard to believe they're still looking for their first win of the year. It'd be just fine if that doesn't happen until two weeks or one week from Saturday. Uh, then Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the Chiefs and the Raiders. There's some bad blood. It's Sunday night football. Mitch will join us just before 11. Bama Bob Trent and I around college football. Dave Sproul on Iowa State at 11.30. Barbecue from Claxons and our picks. Trent Condon, hey. first of all, thank you for... Um, Going solo for four days. <laughs> oh, no problem at all. Well, it's football, right? If yeah, there is yeah. a time to do I'm it. I'm not digging ditches. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Or as Bob Dyer used to tell me, it's not like we're going down a, a mine shaft with a light on our helmet. Yeah. Which, you know, when you think about that visual, he's mm-hmm. absolutely right. But thank you for doing that. Of course. And, was and welcome back. Yeah, thanks. Um, I, Trent, I haven't been so sick in, since the last time I took a flu shot. Would you say about a decade ago? About a decade ago. I'm not saying that this is obviously works for some. It does mm-hmm. not for me. And to come up with the flu in the middle of a pandemic is a feat to its own right uh, in a lot of ways. But man, oh man, uh, I thought I had COVID. I checked a lot of boxes with the exception I didn't lose scent or taste. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a fe- I, I got I, so just real quick. So last Friday, got off the air, went home. Started to feel a little body ache, but it was the end of the week. I'm almost 62 years old. This happens, mm-hmm. right? Sunday, Saturday morning, I got up, and in the middle of game day, the fever hit. And the fever stuck with me until yesterday, just after lunch. And I don't take Tylenol or anything. Okay. I don't want to diminish my fever. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's going on with me. You didn't want it to be a fake right? I don't fever want to reduction. mask it. Yeah, 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 I don't want to mask it. Well, you're getting better. Your fever? No, you're not. You took Tylenol, and that's... You're not better, so I, you know, I just don't do that. Um, but man, oh man, I had five days of just incredible fever. Not puking, but it's the flu shot for me. I will never do it again. It's over. I, I'm over two. You think you learned the lesson the first time? Uh, but this, if there was a year to get the uh-huh. flu shot, I thought this was it. And, and, so thank you. And I've taken it. Took it this year. Yeah. I've taken it for a number of years now. No problems. 
Right. Never crops up. It's just something different every single I time. I think it's Canadian blood. Oh, that's what it I is. I think yeah. that's what it the is. The Winnipeg came through. Yep, I think that's what it is That because uh, I'm a little different anyways. Uh, so a pretty, a pretty cool week. The Iowa basketball schedules came out. Mm-hmm. Well, the entire Big Ten has come out. Um, just your t- other than... You know, the obvious, uh, and we'll spend more time with Tom Caker. Illinois, Iowa, once is a yes. travesty. Uh, those two teams should be playing, well, every weekend for ours. <laughs> Maybe for a Big Ten title and in the Final Four in Indianapolis. Does that sound good, too? That, that'll work if, okay. that's, if that's what we get, and that's clearly what we could get. Um, but what were your takeaways from it? Is, it? is it fair? I'm sure you got into it a lot more in yeah. depth than I did. Kind of diving into it, I thought Illinois of the top four in the Big Ten. Iowa, Illinois, Michigan State, Wisconsin. Uh-huh. I thought the easiest draw... Out of the double plays came for the Illini. Um, Wisconsin's was probably second on that list, then Michigan State and Iowa. I think Iowa, the top four, got the worst draw. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that popped out? They play Purdue first, December 22nd, and then don't see them again the rest of the year. Weird. Mm, yeah. They see Michigan right at the end of the season, second to last game of the year. That's the only time they play the Wolverines. That's in Ann Arbor. But I, I think the biggest thing, it's a conversation we seemingly have every year, the Fran fade in February. Yeah. And you look at the end of the schedule for their last six on the road. They go to Wisconsin. They go to Michigan. They go to Ohio State. The other one is incredibly difficult, too. The four of their last six are on the road. Five of their last six are incredibly difficult. That final stretch. If I was in the mix, they're going to have to be playing their best basketball to walk away and get a chance for a title. But one thing that I haven't talked about this week that I I still sits in the back of my mind. I was a good basketball team last year. Uh Good. Not great. They were good. Yeah. Solid team. Probably would have been, what, a six seed, something like that, well, five, six seed in the tournament. Yeah, I think we both probably would have bet our money that they would get to the second weekend of the tournament. Yeah, depending on the draw in that uh-huh. round of 32. But yeah, there's some some teams that I think they would have matched up really, really well with. But they're a good team. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about a great team. And to take that next step. And you look at final four teams outside of a mid-major, a Loyola, the banks a run of ECU, for the most part, got to have NBA dudes on there. There's not an NBA guy in this roster. I, I don't see it. At least a first-round pick. Yeah. You um, have to have those kind of players. Mm-hmm. And and to go from good to great, take that final step, nothing's different about the team. There's always improvements. Guys make improvements throughout the course of their careers. But that's still my question. To be good again, I need to see more to think that they're going to be great. Mm-hmm. That they're going to be like, 27 games. They're going to be 22-5. and five. You know who's got room for improvement that, that may assuage your feelings just a little bit? Joe Wieskamp. There's a guy that has a ton of talent. Uh-huh. And did not have a good year last year. He did not. And turtled at times. Uh-huh. Well. Disappeared. There. Yeah. When it got tough, he didn't get tough himself. Mm-hmm. He cratered. He went the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And is that something that you can coach up? Is that something that that toughness can improve throughout the course of a year? You'd like to think so, but we'll have to see. Because he is that guy. If his game goes back to the levels we saw as a freshman right. and becomes much more efficient. Remember after his freshman year, he's yeah. kicking the tires on an NBA. Mm-hmm. And after his sophomore year, it was laughable yeah. for him to do that. Where right. it wasn't, at least go through the process after his freshman year. How do you work that backcourt? Who starts out of your three, Toussaint, the best defender on the team? Uh, he's got he's to start. Bohannon uh, or Frederick? Yeah. Two guys with couple brass ones. I mean, those guys yeah. want the ball late in the game, will take every big shot in front of them. Who starts? Who comes off the bench? Wieskamp's your three. Cars is your five. And then do you stay with Connor at the four? I think that's their best lineup still. I would hate for them to tinker with that. And Jack Nungy, we got to see it. He's right. been injured a right. bunch. It's a guy that's 
going to have a chance to play, what, seven years if he wants to <laughs> at the University of Iowa, but, but you have to see it on the floor. But, but don't forget, and, and we now clearly know the answer, but there were games early in both Garza's and Nunji's freshman seasons well, I'm not sure which one's better. I, I remember us having those right? conversations. I, I, maybe I think I like Nunji a little bit more. Right, and then the next week, nah, it's Garza. Yeah, and then yeah. he go back again. But mm-hmm. th- at least that was, you know, that was on the table. Well, it's, it's look at, um, and, and Wednesday night, they're supposed to lift the curtain. Wednesday but, afternoon. Oh, Wednesday afternoon. Three o'clock, BTN. How about that? Yes. How's that to get your week's well, That's really good. Started. Well, what are the chances it happens? Because there's uh, North Carolina Central shut down. Yeah, right. They've got a COVID issue. So do they find another team? Is it just wait till mm. Friday when Southern comes in? This is their MTV, and uh, we'll see. What time is the Southern game on Friday? Four o'clock, right after Black Friday. Jeez. Yeah, so uh, talking to Bowen and Camp, I'm, I'm sure Tom Caker's going to do the same right after the football game. Skedaddle over to Carver <laughs> right. and get ready for that one. It's a pretty good Friday. Yeah, that is a good Friday. So so um, uh, they'll get have a little bit of an opportunity, maybe yeah. do some post-game stuff before they uh, head over there. Yeah, that is a, that is a good Friday. Uh, there's so much football on Friday. Um, and they'll be favored big over Southern, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a bad team from, what, the SWAC. They'll be favored by 25, yeah. something like that. That's one where if you settle into your seat with eight minutes left in the first, you're going to be okay. Yeah, I think I'll be settled into football on, on television. Well, we'll see. Um it's great that it's great to have those uh, discussions, right? So, but basketball is back. I'll be honest, Trent. I'm going to miss the maction. We're we're done with maction. I know why it's over. We got hoops. I know. We I don't. Do we have hoops on Tuesday night? Because I thought is no there Wednesday. A, right, that's what I thought. So yeah. there's nothing on Tuesday. The Mac is. I love maction. I really do. And it is. It's been fun to watch. Uh, and now it's over, but uh, look, at you, you can't have everything. Um, so what else has gone on? Your Bears and the Vikings, that was a <laughs> different game? Do we really have to uh, bring that no, one up I again? Oh, it was so bad. It was just bad football. So are the Bears going to the playoffs? No. I don't think so either. Are the Vikings going to the playoffs? No. Who has a better chance to go to the playoffs? Oh, certainly the Vikings. I think so, too. And the Vikings' schedule sets up incredibly well. Yeah, Cowboys this week. Yes. That one, though... Oh, mm. tipping your hand a little it's, bit to our It's picks? on my list. I haven't cut it down to five yet, but it is on my list. I certainly, I already grabbed the Cowboys at seven and a half. I do like that. And also sprinkled around with a little uh, round robin parlay with a few dogs. Uh-huh. And they were part of it in my NFL round robin that I'm doing this weekend. Well, I looked at the slate and it's um, it's like a different language to me. I'm having trouble finding anything. Um, so so we'll see. We'll get uh, we'll get into that. Uh, what what else from the week? Obviously, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas State had uh, trouble. Uh, I guess uh, getting a team together, cobbling a team together to make their way. So they're busing in tonight and flying back after the game tomorrow. Is what I saw. Look at. Um, K-State has Iowa State's number. Mm-hmm. This should not be one of those years that they have that number. I mean, come on. On paper, Iowa State is so much better of a football team. Mm-hmm. One uh, one area, though, that I was looking at some some advanced numbers, and, and Iowa State in pretty much every category is a lot better than Kansas State. Offensively, defensively, I think every mark that you uh, put in the checkbox goes Iowa State's direction. But special teams. Yeah, it's and been a struggle all year. And we've continued to talk. Iowa State without a special teams yeah. coach. The kicking game has been rough. Yeah. Putting game's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. But coverage units outside of Nwangu's returns, right. special teams have not been a strength Nwangu's this team. Nwangu's returns have covered up a lot of warts on that special, in the special yes. teams. And invigorated them two different times this season. Without, without, without a doubt. Without two big wins. Yep. We might be talking about a team, what are they, 5-2 and two right now? Uh, yeah. 
they very well could be without those returns three and four. It's not he, that big he, of a stretch. He lit a spark. Look, yes. I mean, you don't you don't have to listen to us. Listen to Coach Campbell. Yeah, right, right. I mean, he's he's talked glowingly about Nwango. So, special teams. It's a big edge for Kansas State, and these are the kind of games that Kleiman and Kansas State really historically against Iowa State. It's been right there. I, well, they, this you, is how you close that gap. Did you watch two weeks ago? Did you see the Kansas State Oklahoma State football game? Yes. It's a pretty good game. It was. I mean, th- there was a there was a chance that uh, no, that you know you're, you're watching that game. You're thinking, oh, okay, here we go. Uh, there's there's a chance that uh, K State's going to pick off Oklahoma State. You're the five and two overall, right? Mm-hmm. Um, five and one in conference. To yes. Close. So that's they they still look. It's it's all about next Friday. It is. Yeah. It's all about next Friday when when they play a a, a Texas team. Um, but yeah, I, look at th- this should this should. Go according to form. Mm-hmm. Iowa State wins. They head to Austin, then West Virginia, who's better than I thought, and they they're they're a pesky team. This they're West right. Virginia yeah. team. Um, fingers crossed that they make it. Meanwhile, Iowa, I can't get over Penn State hasn't won a football game. Doesn't that as a as a Hawkeye fan? Doesn't that worry you that oh, Penn absolutely. State is? Yeah. Come on, this team hasn't won a game, right? And the part about it, Penn State has had the injuries, has had the guys that have opted out, but they haven't quit. No, no. The Maryland game, that was weird. I mean, they got down early, uh-huh. but even in that one, they were trying to battle, but they just couldn't, they couldn't get any stops, which is just weird how that Maryland team turned it around from week one mm-hmm. to what we've seen since then. But they haven't quit. They could have quit last week against Nebraska. They didn't. And I think that's Well, you know what part. I think it was, Trent? I think it was the uh, moving on from Sean Clifford. Yeah. Le- Going to Levis. Get, Levis gave them a spark. He did. He gave them a bit of a spark. I can't throw the football much, but he can no, run it. that's true. Good thing against this Iowa defense. Boy, another team defensively. Iowa couldn't get off the field against Purdue running the football. Right. Purdue last week had one yard rushing against Northwestern. And they couldn't get off the field. And now what we've seen, it very well could be you just play two broken teams in Michigan State and Minnesota. But I believe that this is yet another incredible job by Phil Parker. That, That guy is worth his weight in gold. And I've said it for years now. I am shocked. And maybe it has happened, and we just don't know about it. Why an SEC team hasn't come and offered? I mean, they pay coordinators two, three million dollars, and why a coordinator, not at the Alabamas and Floridas of the world, but if you're at Auburn, you're at a South Carolina, and why you say, let's go get this guy, mm-hmm. and we got the talent that we have mm-hmm. down here. Let's see what he can do. Maybe it's happened. He's been a Big Ten guy his whole life, and he just doesn't want to do it, and don't know, doesn't want to leave Iowa City at the end of his career. But that guy is incredible. What he's done. Well, and you, and you know who's uh, I really think is elevating that defense. Campbell gave them a huge lift yeah. last week. He's and, fast. And, and Benson was has been terrific. Uh, he's been a revelation. Davian Nixon's uh, turning himself into a pro. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, secondary's been terrific. This is a good defense. This yeah, and Van Valkenburg last week. Oh, my God. How about that, right? A great story. Yeah. Kid playing D2 football, graduates in three years. Going to give it a shot wow. in the Big Ten. An old 97 coming off the end. Yeah, he was all over the football field. He was really good. All right, we're going to get Dave Sinekin coming up here momentarily. Uh, the Colts and the Green Bay Packers. It's one of the better games of the week. Uh, last night was terrific, by the way. Good gosh, what a good football game. What an entertaining football game on a Thursday night to see that one come down the way that it did uh, with at least an opportunity for Arizona to tie that game after they gave up the safety late in the game. But if you're looking at the slate this week, uh, you'd be hard-pressed, to, I think, to find a better game uh, than Green Bay and Indianapolis. 
Sunday night, maybe, but Vegas has so many guys that are out on the defense. Kansas City's got a little bit of a score to settle. Monday night's good. Rams and the Buccaneers, but I think the best game on Sunday uh, is the uh, Packers taking on the Colts. Dave Sinekin is the head cheese.com. He joins us to opine on this one. Hello, Dave Sinekin. How are you? Uh, great, Ken. Uh, it's another Friday. Getting ready for a fun weekend of football. Yeah, in, indeed. This, uh, do, you, do you agree with me? Is this potentially the, the best game that will unfold on Sunday? Two good teams, two teams with winning records. I, I think it's maybe one of the juicier games of the week. Yeah, I think so. I think the, the primetime games both are attractive as well, but I think this is an interesting game and a, a really good test, I think, for both teams. The Colts haven't really faced a, a prolific offense yet, and uh, the Packers... You know, when they've faced a top-five type defense, they haven't been at their best. So I think it's a good test for both teams. Help me out with Devontae Adams. Will he or won't he play? I think he, part- he practiced one day this week, but yesterday was a no-go. What's the latest there? Yeah, I think this is the real key for Green Bay. They need Devontae Adams. He hurt his ankle, got his uh, feet tangled up with C.J. Henderson on a long uh, route last week. He did come back into the game after getting taped up and caught the it turned out to be the game-winning touchdown, but you could tell he was not himself. And, you know, he's had ankle issues in the past, and I'm concerned about this one. Yes, he practiced Wednesday. He was out Thursday. He seems to think he'll be okay, but does that mean he's anything close to 100%? It's uh, it's uh, something Green Bay certainly needs, and, you know, he'll go up against Xavier Rhodes. They've had some great matchups mm-hmm. over the years, and I'm really looking forward to that matchup. But I don't know. I hope he's somewhat close to 100%, but... Uh, I don't think anybody will know until Sunday. Speaking of via the skill positions offensively, Aaron Jones, since he's come off injury, hasn't been the same guy. How much is that Jones dealing with the injury, and how much of it is the offensive line in your mind? Yeah, that was, to me, the biggest. Well, there were two big takeaways from the Jaguars game. One is they, the Jags <laughs> play with a lot more emotion, a lot more aggressiveness. Yeah. They seemed a lot happier to be out there than Green Bay, which was a big concern to me. And then second, Green Bay's inability to run the football against what I think was the 30th or 31st-ranked Jaguars run defense. Green Bay got nothing going, but oddly, Jones was pretty productive in the passing game. He had about 50 yards receiving, and it looked fairly quick. So I kind of feel like it was the Jaguars' front seven kind of taking it to Green Bay's offensive line. and That's unusual. Green Bay had their five starters in. Bakhtiari was back. Um, So I'm really curious to see how – Green Bay runs the ball with Aaron Jones on Sunday, and they have to run the ball. You can't be one-dimensional against that front seven. And so uh, that's a real key tomorrow. If if Green Bay and and Aaron Jones look like they looked uh, through the first uh, month of the season, then I really like Green Bay's chances. But I I was really taken aback by how the offense struggled to run the football last Sunday, and and that's something I'll be watching really early because if Green Bay can't get any kind of – rhythm going offensively with the run it's going to be a long afternoon well and if Devonte adams is hurt what does that do to the receivers and is alan lazard who i know is i mean he can play do you think he will play uh on sunday dave yeah that's a real question mark Ken, because uh, matt lafleur has been very outspoken that they're going to ease him back in and and we're not sure and you know he might just be holding him back and he might be out there and, and playing 90 percent of the plays and good to go and just trying to keep things close to his chest. I don't know. I mean, my history with Green Bay is they're always conservative with injuries, but this guy's been out since week three. He's been practicing since before the 49ers game. So he's been on the field for quite some time. My my guess is he will play. I don't know that he'll play 100% or anything close to that, but uh, I think this is the chance for Green Bay's offense to be about as healthy as it's been since week one with the whole line healthy, 
Again, Adams and uh, Lazard are question marks. But other than that, uh, they've got pretty much everybody on the field Sunday they would want to have on that side of the ball. Dave, uh, when you look at the Colts' good offensive line, a defense that's playing at a high level. What concerns you here? We saw Hines kind of unleash as Jonathan Taylor really hasn't been the answer running back for them. And, of course, Phil Rivers, the veteran at the quarterback spot. What concerns you coming into this game from Indianapolis? Yeah, it's weird because I just wrote about this. They don't really have any skill position players that really scare you. Yeah. T.Y. Hilton has not been the T.Y. Hilton of the past. They've got a couple young receivers. And, and yeah, it's sort of a three-headed running attack. That Jonathan Taylor just kind of seems lost so far and hasn't figured out a way to to kind of find holes he just sort of runs right into linemen and doesn't you know look for the right spot so he hasn't been a factor Hines is the guy I mean he had 115 yards 70 on the ground 45 in the air Philip Rivers you know at his age and his mobility he gets rid of the ball really quickly he doesn't hold on to it he's only been sacked eight times so Green Bay is going to have to be I think really physical defensively get up on those receivers try to mess with their rhythm because Rivers wants to get rid of that fast. And uh, the Packers' pass rush was uh, better last week than it's been, and they certainly won the game for the Pack late. And I think they're going to be aggressive. I, you know, I wrote about this. It's weird. I think Indy's better built to play in Green Bay, and I think Green Bay mm. is better built to play in Indy. And I think the, the, the fast track, the, the no-weather conditions, uh, I think Green Bay's defense does better in this kind of spot. I know the offense does. So – I'm much more worried about Indy on defense than I am on offense. I think the Packers right now, the 10th-ranked defense, the 12th-ranked run defense, doesn't always seem that way, but uh, they just need to really stiffen up in the red zone like they did last season and take the ball away once or twice. That's a recipe for a road win. Hmm. Um, what, what do you make of uh, of the back-and-forth with with Darius Leonard? It's not back-and-forth because Rodgers isn't buying into it, but he, I guess, had the gall to say that Fred Warner, who is a really good player, uh, is the best linebacker he's seen, and I'm paraphrasing, but it didn't go over well with Darius Leonard, who's a great player in his own right, but I'm surprised he's he, he's making that the bulletin board material that he's made it. Well, if Rodgers had said that this week when asked about Darius Leonard, that would be one thing. Right. The comment Rodgers made heading into the 49ers game, he was respecting Fred Warner, and Darius Leonard took that from two weeks ago and said, okay, I'll say that. It's weak. I mean, if that's the kid needs to get his juices going, that's great, whatever it takes. But, no, I mean, again, he didn't make the comments yesterday. So I don't think there's anything to it. It's just what he uses as motivation. And, look, Green Bay has faced – Fred Warner, Eric Kendricks, uh, the Jaguars with Miles Jack and Joe Schobert. They face some really talented linebackers, and, and there's a lot of them in the league. And, and Leonard is right near the top. He's a guy that was drafted later than he thought he should. He was con- just incredibly productive his rookie year. He's missed a little time this year, but, man, he's the he's the heart and soul of that defense. And, you know, I guess that's what he needs to kind of motivate himself. So, uh, we'll let the chips fall, I guess. Uh, short week for us next week, Dave Seneca. Not sure we'll have time to do any NFL stuff with uh, the Hawks and, uh, and, of course, the Clones both playing on Friday and two really big games oh, for okay. both of those schools. So if we don't talk to you, happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate it. By the way, you give Indiana any chance, your alma mater, any chance against Ohio State this week? Well, I give them a chance against the spread. They kind of uh, are disrespecting my boys at 20 and a half points. <laughs> Tell you what, defensively, they, they've got three cornerbacks that can play. So I think they can stay with them a little bit. They haven't beaten them in 25 straight times. So I don't expect the upset, but I do think they hang with them. I hope it's a Have good Have a great game. Thanksgiving, guys. Yeah, you do the same. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate you coming on.
You got it. Good to talk to you. Dave Sinigan, theheadcheese.com is uh, Dave's blog. If you're a Packers fan, theheadcheese.com. It's time for another $1,000 handoff. Let's do this, Trent Condon. Text the keyword HAPPY. Uh, to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. Happy to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Tom Kakert on the Hawkeyes next. Mitch Holt is still to come this hour. Mitch, of course, is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He'll join us in 25 minutes. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. Around Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. 20 minutes or so, Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs on the road to Vegas this weekend trying to, oh, maybe settle some scores after the uh, Raiders picked them off earlier, handing them their only loss. You know, it's funny. We've got the Darius Leonard, Warner Rogers stuff. Mm-hmm. Then we've got the... Andy Reid, Raiders circling Arrowhead Stadium with their bus an extra time after that game, and that didn't sit well with the Chiefs coach. I mean, kind of weird, right? Yeah, you got to look for motivation. You're the defending champions. You're really good. You're looking for any angle you can get in. We also get Andy Reid off a bye, and we know how good he is. In that realm, too. Well, I'm going to make that part of my picks then. Let's get Tom Kakert in here. Tom Kakert, HawkeyeReport.com, Penn State, and the Hawks will play basketball scheduled to start next week. North Carolina Central. Uh, Tom Tom joins us. Tom Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you, sir? Doing terrific. Good. Uh, North Carolina Central, sadly, maybe not doing so terrific with COVID. They've shut things down temporarily, but we don't know when they're going to be able to start things up. What's the likelihood, Tom, that we will see basketball on Wednesday at 3 (laughs) o'clock? That's a good question. Ask me Sunday, see if North Carolina Central is back in, but obviously, you know, the other thing they could do is if Southern is already going to be in town, you just, you know, play Southern on Wednesday and, you know, then maybe see if you could find somebody else to pop in for a game over the weekend or something like that. Um, that's just, you know, you gotta, you're going to have to be flexible. I still don't think there's uh, really almost next to zero chance that um, that any team plays 27 games this right. year. If anybody does, it's going to be a remarkable achievement. Yeah, no doubt. A lot of luck involved if they do. Yeah. Tama, yeah. basketball, Maybe we'll wrap around, but this Penn State game—it's uh, an 0-4 Penn State team. But Indiana, they're a better team. Mm-hmm. They just lost in just crazy fashion. Ohio State—they went toe to toe, and after mm-hmm. getting down early, never gave up. And even last week, as they battled back against Nebraska, couldn't get over the hump here. Penn State hasn't quit. This is an 0-4 team, but it's not an 0-4 team. Just your expectations coming into this game, and what. What do you think Penn State is going to look like when they kick it off at 2.30? A couple of things with Penn State. One, I would say I'd agree with you on all three of those games that they were better than probably Indiana. I mean, the, the, just the, the raw numbers yeah. just stick out. Um, and they played Ohio State really tough. The Maryland game is the one where you think, yep. boy, they just really stunk it up. And uh, they should never lose to Maryland. <laughs> By the margin, they did. So 
Um, I, I kind of think that uh, um, they just have a ton of talent. I mean, we were going over their roster the other day, and it was just like four-star, four-star, four. I mean, they just got a loaded roster with talent. That, um, But you wonder, um, this is the game where you kind of find out, well, are they just going to roll over and just not going to give a care the rest of the year, or are they going to show some fight and try and get the four and four? And I would be surprised if they don't show some fight and try to get the four and four. Yeah, I'm with you, Tom, and I think it's going to be a very close football game tomorrow for that very reason, because I, I didn't see him quit. I watched the Penn State-Nebraska game, and um, you know, that was a, it was an entertaining football game. No one can make sense of the Maryland thing. So let's talk about the Hawks, and let's talk zero in on Spencer Petras. What, is, what, do, um, what do Hawkeyes, uh, the Hawks, need to see from their quarterback this week uh, as maybe something that they haven't seen in previous weeks? What do you think they want to say? I know Brian Ferentz, or C rather, uh, I know Brian Ferentz met with you guys yesterday, I believe. What's he saying about the quarterback? Yeah, yeah he... Um... You know, I think this, he's happy with where he's at. I think the thing that's jumped out is what Kirk has said and what Brian has said is that, you know, maybe we should go easy on Spencer right now because he didn't get spring ball and he didn't get kind of a full camp, normal camp that uh, that most quarterbacks get, uh, uh, new quarterbacks get. So I think they're maybe a little more understanding than some of the fans have been about where things have gone offensively. Having said that, Spencer's going to have to play his best game this weekend if I was going to win because Penn State is going to bring a lot of pressure. They're not going to be as easy to run against as uh, Minnesota was last week or uh, Michigan State the week before. They're just they're they're pretty going to be pretty salty against the run. So um, that means Petrus is going to have to make some plays and he's going to have to make some downfield throws that he has not done this year to this to this point. Shaq and Tony coming off the edge, really good. The middle of that defense, I, I really like. But you mentioned throwing the football. Petrus, against a Penn State defense that's given up, what, 67% through the air? Something like that. Yeah. It's it's a game where he has to take that next step forward. Is it in him? We've heard all the positive things, but we haven't seen it yet. Do you believe this is a game that he can do this, that he can put this team on his back, and if they need to make a big drive in the fourth quarter throwing the football, he's ready for that moment? We're going to find out, I think. Yeah. And this will be a big moment for him because it could go a different direction if it goes poorly and it ends up being like the second half of that Northwestern game where Pat Fitzgerald just baited him into yeah. making mistakes. Yeah. Um, um, on the other side of things, Penn State, you know, the, it's it's interesting because Clifford, if he starts, he's thrown six interceptions I this year. I he will. Um, so so um, that's, that's going to be an area. I know Iowa's got eight interceptions already this season. So, uh, kind of an interesting number. Iowa has eight interceptions and they've only given up four touchdown passes so far this year. So, um, you know, that's a pretty impressive number for Iowa. And, and the job that Phil Parker has done is really pretty remarkable this year. Do you think Clifford starts, Tom? I'd be surprised if he does. I would be kind of surprised too. I talked to our Penn State guys. They have no idea. I don't think anybody does. Uh-huh. Um, but they kind of think that. James Franklin is one of those guys that, a lot like Kirk, kind of gets married to a guy and kind of sticks <laughs> with them. Uh, so I, I kind of think maybe we're going to see – we'll see both maybe. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Clifford um, start the game, though. 
Clifford Early, Levis, he can run the football. Fill us in on the, uh, I heard Kirk talking a little bit earlier this week about Levis. They were the first Power 5 team to offer him. How deeply involved were they with him? And once Penn State came involved, was it just over for his recruitment? Yeah, it was just once Penn State popped in. What that kid did was he went to camps and then, you know, he camped at Penn State and, you know, after he'd camped at Iowa and, you know, then it was over. So it wasn't really a real long courtship. It was just the kid came out to Iowa to work at camp. They loved him, thought he was great, offered him, and and, uh, the the recruitment just kind of ended after Penn State gets involved for, you know, a kid like, uh, you know, local or locally kind of kid that they, that Levis is. Uh, Tom Kaker, HawkeyeReport.com. Tom, I want to pick your brain before we, before we let you go here. I do want to get your take on Northwestern and Wisconsin. Pretty big game in the Big Ten West. How do you see it? Yeah. Um, do we know how good Wisconsin is yet? I don't know. Because, um, you know, Fitzgerald's going to have, have them ready. The, the grass is probably about knee-high at uh, <laughs> at Northwestern as it usually is. So it slows things down. Um, boy, you know, if I'm betting that game, I'm, I'm on the Northwestern side, mm. seven and a half. That's, that's where I'd be sitting. How about over in the East, Ohio State and Indiana, big number there, 20 and a half. It's too many. 20 and a half is a big number. Um, you know what? Indiana, not bad. I'm just, uh, I just, uh, I think Ohio State's going to be on a little bit of a mission this weekend, though, to uh, impress some people and kind of continue that um, that path to the college football playoff, and and maybe kind of get in that mix to say, hey, um, you know, maybe we're number one now. You know, maybe we should be the best team in the in the country. So. Uh, not that Indiana is going to turn heads, but it's number nine Indiana. It's not just somebody, right. and it's uh, you know if you can if you can lay a three touchdown win on number nine in the country, that's impressive. Yeah, indeed it is. You know, it's been impressive. There's been a lot of guys, but uh, with the one exception, maybe week number one against Purdue at the very end there, I think uh, Belton kind of got turned around. I think it was Belton on the bell reception at the end of the football game. But Dane Belton, since that game, uh, he's he's been terrific. And I thought he stood out last week. Trent and I talked about earlier, old 97, Van Volkenberg was terrific. But uh, Dane Belton... Uh, you say that a lot about a lot of guys in the secondary. Mayweather's been terrific. Um, you know, we not thought Kerner and Moss would be good, but Belton's been really good. The two biggest changes that Iowa's made since game one, when I thought they kind of struggled on defense, was uh, they moved Belton to cash and, to, you know, he plays some safety, but getting Merriweather out there and mm-hmm. also Seth Benson being out there and available Huge. and now Jack Campbell being out there. I know they're just... You know, talking to Phil yesterday, he was just he's super high on Jack Campbell and compared him to, uh, you know, just a little bit like Josie, just in terms mm-hmm. of work ethic. But also he threw out, and Ken, you may remember this name, Jim Morrissey, played for the Bears. Trent, this probably before your time. Probably too early for was, Trent, yeah. Yeah, but Jim Morrissey was, uh, played, played with uh, Phil at Michigan State in, uh, the mid 80s and, uh, played for the Bears for like nine years. Was a really good linebacker, uh, for the Bears, um, during that time. You know, just real quick on Josie Jewell. Boys, he's having a hell of a season. He? he really is. His, by far, Tom, his best year as a pro. I thought he was headed toward, you know, maybe a short NFL career watching him every week as a Bronco fan as I do. They moved him inside. He is a different football player this year. Ten, ten tackles in each of the last three games. How about that? So, uh, the, the outlaw is doing well, so I'm glad to see Josie. Excelling. Uh, I thought, 
I saw Ojemudia didn't. No, play didn't as much play. Last week, I don't think he saw the he, field. Yeah, but he's you know he he gotten a lot of playing time. Yep. But I, I you know first year I thought I thought I was surprised he was getting as much time as he did uh, early in his first year with the Broncos. Yeah, they had a couple of guys in the secondary banged up, but I'm with you. And it's look, it's 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 good that they're throwing him into the fire like this. Uh, but he didn't play at all last week. But boy, Josie Jewell, my God! All right, Tom, I want to play a quick exercise with you. This Iowa basketball team. You got any more on football, Ken? Nope. Let's move on. I love uh, I love <laughs> trying to break down minutes. Not who starts. I think even we know who's going to end games, but how many minutes for each of these guys? So let's just run through the roster real quick. You got 200 to play with, and let's see if you can do it. Joe Toussaint, how many minutes per game? Mm, probably 15. Okay. Nunji. Maybe. Nunji, uh, 10 to 15, somewhere in there. We'll give you a 12. How about that? Bohannon. Okay. Uh, I'm going to guess 25. 25. All right. One of the freshmen, number four, Aaron Eulis. Um, probably five minutes a game. Frederick. Uh, I guess probably thirty minutes a game. Oh, thirty okay. minutes a game. So you're on the Frederick train, all right? Your boy Wieskamp yeah. from over there. Oh, he's he's thirty two a game at least. Thirty two. All right. Tony Perkins. Anything there? Well, uh, maybe. Three to five. We'll go three on that one. I, I don't know if my math is that. <laughs> I know, and, and this is the problem you run into. The Murray twins, anything for either of them? Mm. One more than the other? Um, Can we combine five for, sure. okay. for both? Yeah, we can do that. We'll, we'll go three on one, two of the other for Keenan and Chris. Patrick McCaffrey, another great unknown. Yeah, I'm going to guess probably uh, 17 minutes a game. 17. On a gondola, the freshman center. Uh, I'm going to guess zero. Me too. Not going to play. All right. Uh, Connor McCaffrey. Love Connor. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go 30. 34, number 30. And Luca Garza, how many minutes a game? Uh, probably 37. 37. <laughs> so you're not taking Luca off the floor. All right. Filibuster here just a little bit for me, Ken, and I'm going to add up these minutes. And this is just an exercise to show Hawkeye fans how tough it is. You only have 200 minutes to play with. Go ahead, Ken. Uh, what did the Big Ten get wrong when they uh, w- with the schedule as far as the Hawks are concerned? I mean, Illinois, w- Iowa once is a travesty. The, the, the Iowa-Illinois thing just yeah. bugs me. Yeah. Um, but that's more from where I live and what I'm around every day. Yeah. It just would have been great to, for them to play twice uh, this year. I thought Iowa kind of got a raw draw at the end of the schedule with, you know, the back-to-back All roadies, the roadies then yeah. home against Penn State and then back-to-back roadies again and then finish at home against Wisconsin. I thought that was a really mm-hmm. tough finish to the schedule for Iowa. Yeah, so uh, 13th of February at Michigan State, at Wisconsin, home to Penn State, at Ohio State, at Michigan, before Wisconsin comes in to bring down the car. And then the uh, back-to-back at Rutgers at Maryland was tough, too, in early January. That's two plane trips. I know it's not, the road games are not the same, but you're still getting on a plane and you're having to travel. Yeah, Saturday, Thursday. Interesting. Well, Trent, what's the number? 211, Tom. You did very well at that exercise, but it shows you with the depth here and we hardly gave the freshmen anything at all. The great unknown here. Going to be fun, though, Tom, and we'll see how those minutes play out. We'll, we'll recap this at the end of the year. That, uh, that's a lot clo- That's like uh, I was like uh, Dick Vitale when he used to um, have like 72 teams in the tournament. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, we'll talk to you Wednesday. Have a great weekend, Tom Caker. Thank you. Oh, oh.
Okay, thanks, guys. Good to Bye-bye. talk to you. Tom Kegert, HawkeyeReport.com. That's pretty good to do that on the fly. Yeah, like it is. That, that was very impressive. Usually when I do that, I know, oh, 284, that's not going to work. Yeah. Well, I think, you know what? why he was close? I think that he was uh, prudent with the freshman. Yes. That's what you have to do. You There's to, a lot of depth yeah. on this team, and you can't go crazy. If you play Garza 37... And Connor, he did a good job, I think, with the two sons. Just 15 minutes a yeah, game. Yeah, that's the one for me that was a little surprising. Nunji at 12. These guys aren't going to probably be playing 20 minutes a game, especially uh-huh. if you really like Frederick or you really like Bohan or whoever is your flavor. So Nunji's creener? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. That's it. That. He's a backup center. Yeah, I'm with you. Don't play him often at the four. Mm-hmm. He's your backup center. That's mm-hmm. his role. And if he grows into more after this year, so be it. But that's your role for this year. Mitch Holt is the voice of the Chiefs. Chiefs Raiders conversation. Next, Bama Bob Trent and I will start our number two by going around college football. Dave Sproul on Iowa State. Four of our listeners will get a chance to win some Claxons barbecue. And our picks before noon, Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Papa John Central Iowa sponsors uh, this segment with our friend, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. They are off their bye week and off they go to Las Vegas to take on the only team that's that's, uh, handed them a loss this year. That's the Raiders. Uh, Raiders and Chiefs, Sunday night football. Mitch, how are you, sir? Doing okay, Ken. Great to be back on with you guys. Yeah, the only loss in a calendar year. Think about that. That's crazy. It was a week ago, uh, last uh, year ago, last week, the Chiefs lost to Tennessee to go 6-4. and four. And since then, uh, they won nine straight in last year, and so far 8-1 and one this year. It's 17-1 and one if you're keeping track at home. And the only loss was to the Raiders in October. Uh, a lot of points scored in that football game, Mitch. So, so refresh our memories. I mean, Carr was terrific. I remember that. Um, what, what, what will be different this week? What is uh, the Chiefs going to do differently to try and obviously turn the tables? Well, it was an ambush game of sorts because Carr has not been known as a deep thrower. Uh, he has eight forty-plus passes this year, Ken, which is second. Uh, I'm sorry, third in the NFL, only to Russell Wilson of Seattle and Aaron Rodgers of the Packers. I mean, Mahomes has five. Carr has eight. So that gives you a perspective. Four of those eight were in the Chiefs game. He had a 72-yarder to Ruggs, the uh, rookie out of Alabama, 59 to Aguilar, the former Eagle guy, then another 40-plus to Ruggs and a 43 to Hunter Renfro. So uh, their ability, the Raiders' ability to hit the Chiefs deep was alarming because you know they can stay on the field. They're third in the NFL in 10-play drives, uh, so they're kind of built to be the anti-Chiefer team. So the Chiefs have got to be ready and not get ambushed with the deep throws this time and yet try to get the Raiders off the field. We know Andy Reid, ridiculous record, both ATS and straight up, coming off a bye. So what is it? What What's different about Andy Reid and his system, different than seemingly anybody else in the NFL, even Bill Belichick's of the world? Never stops. That and his ability to, if you saw, I think I've told you guys before, he has a whiteboard just to the right of his desk, and he'd be talking to us and going, hey, Ken, hey, Trent, how's it going? And then he stops, and he'll go up on the board and write some, like, algorithm or play because he has that thought in his head, and he puts it down right away. Like, he's talking to you, but he can do two things at once. He's also thinking about game planning for the next seven weeks. He does not stop, Trent. He does not stop. The, the mind never stops working. 
And then he has the ability to see things at a depth uh, beyond what most coaches do. He'll see uh, a formation. He'll see a trend. He'll see a team and a scheme. And then he'll dig down deep uh, and, and find some solution or creativity. He's amazingly creative. He's underrated in how creative he's, he is. And then you throw in uh, the quarterback he's got, and it just becomes almost unfair because uh, those two have creativity going back and forth. I said it's like NASA scientists getting together because Mike Kafka, the former Northwestern quarterback, also is a big part of that creativity. And Eric, the enemy, the offensive coordinator. Uh, what will we see different? Uh, we haven't seen him in two weeks. Did they get anybody back, Mitch, from the injured list? Yeah, the biggest one would be one that we totally forgot about because he went down in week three against Baltimore, and that's rookie cornerback Legarius Sneed, who started out like one of the top-rated mm-hmm. corners in the league in the first two and a half weeks of the season and two interceptions. He was a big impact, big corner, um, and so he's back. Uh, and that's that could be uh, significant and just gives you one more person in the defense and to help you with these uh, Raider guys that are pretty good. I mean, Ruggs is good, and yeah. Waller's good to tie it in, and, and uh, Aguilar, they, I mentioned him, and then uh, Hunter Renfro. Um, and so they've got in 89, that rookie's a good player, didn't play against the Chiefs in October, so it gives you one more trip defensively, but Sneed will have a bigger impact than fans realize. What can you tell us about DeAndre Baker? They signed him Great to the practice squad, yeah, and and we'll see yeah. how long it's going to amp up. He had a gun charge that was dropped, and going to Kansas City, what do you know about Baker and, and have any chance to talk with him yet? Well, let me throw in Sammy Watkins, too, to answer Ken's question. So Snead on defense, oh. but Sammy Watkins will be back on offense, and that's, we all, I mean, that's obvious what he can do to help a team, whether he has the ball or does not have the ball. So those are the two biggest additions going into this Raider game. Now, to answer your question about Baker, we know he's a talent. We saw it at Georgia, uh, really a first-round talent at corner. But I've, I think I've alluded to this to you guys for the last couple of years. The culture of the Kansas City Chiefs is as good as anything I've ever seen at college or pro in all of my years covering sports. I, and I'm not overstating that. It's not hyperbole. It's amazing. Now, it wasn't always that way. 2017 was a little rough. But since Mahomes has taken over, 18, 19, and half a 20 has been really uh, what you would dream of as a fan of a team. Now, if Baker's going to work, it's not just about being a talented player. There is a certain work ethic and a culture in the locker room that he has got to check those boxes or he won't last 10 minutes. And it's not necessarily before he even gets to Coach Reed. He's got to get through a gauntlet of the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, or a Juan Thornhill, or an Anthony or a, uh, Hitchens at linebacker. And then once he gets through that, he's got his DB coaches, so Sam Madison, who's a take-no-prisoners guy, or David Merritt. Oh, and then there's defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo. That's before you even get the coach. So if, if, if Baker gets a shot here, he's got to make the most of it because he will never be in a better surrounding to have a chance to reclimate things for him. Uh, no doubt about that. Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Mitch, let's take a couple of minutes. I know a lot of people will uh, be thinking turkey, but there's a lot of days before we get to Turkey Day. Maybe some pizza this weekend. Let's talk a little bit about that with our friends at Papa John's. Can we talk Papadilla here? Whatever you want. That sounds good to me. Papadilla. Because they've got these cheeseburger papadillas, and I just tried one, and they're, I'm not just today, but earlier, and because I, I hadn't had them. And I told the Donaldsons, I'm going to try it as a taste test. Um, 
they're unbelievable, actually. So they've got this large double cheeseburger pizza throughout November. That's just 12 bucks. But you have to try the cheeseburger papadilla. I'm, I guarantee you, money-back guarantee that it's going to be what you want. Um, just teasing. But the point is it's very, very good. <laughs> and honestly, coming up in that, you know, we can't get out. We got we know we're getting shut down. We've got big games. We've got Farmageddon tomorrow. Uh, big Big Ten and Big 12 games, big NFL games, Sunday night football, Chiefs and Raiders. Yep. It's a perfect time to go uh, call Papa John's, papajohns.com. Indeed. Mitch, we are, we're short week next week, so we'll talk to you in two weeks before Denver pays a visit to Arrowhead on Sunday night football. Thank you, Mitch Holtis. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir, and oh, Canada. Oh, Canada, indeed. Happy Thanksgiving. Take care, pal. Mm-hmm. Good to talk to you. Mitch Holt is the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Have an opinion on that game? I like the Chiefs, but I love the Chiefs. Almost seems too easy. It's one of those games. I'm with you. Uh, we will begin our number two talking college football. Then we'll do more college football with Dave Sproul and Iowa State. Claxons, our picks, final hour coming up next. Miller and Condon, 1460, 106.3.